Socialists, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business, and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend and Barris SAGE Institute colleague and co-host, Ed Klass. And on today's show, folks, we are doing project management execution, which means, let me just wind up Ed here, and then I'm just going to flick the switch, and I'm just going <laughs> to let him go. <laughs> Welcome, Ed. Oh, hey, yeah, thanks, Ron. Yeah, this is uh, probably could do an hour and a half, but we only we don't have that. So and this is the Ed Clash show. You don't even need me. I'm completely superfluous. Well, well that's I'm not like, true, but it's OK. I, I'm like Stan and the Americans. Anybody watches <laughs> that? It's just completely useless. Uh, <laughs> oh, my. What so, do you want to know about execution, Ron? What do you want to oh, know? Uh, you know, I want to I want to hit you with so many questions about project management because working with firms, it just seems so they they make it so complicated. Correct. And there's always some type of technology component, you know, a workflow process or whatever. And the first time I saw you did do this, you put up an issues list, um, which kind of explained how you have thought about this over the years and. I think have really done a great job thinking about it in terms of knowledge work, right? It's one thing to build a building and do project management or a bridge, but it's another thing if you're dealing with knowledge workers. So I'm really curious what you have to say about the execution of project management, because I just find this whole topic people tend to just, they, they overcomplicate it. They do. They do. But let, let, before we, we get into the, the nuts and bolts of execution, we probably should just back up a quick second sure. just to so that so that we're we're kind of setting things this, the, the, the table the right way. So people aren't just completely lost. <laughs> and that is to say that that ex- execution is the the third of five different process groups, according to the Project Management Institute for Projects. The first one is project initiation. And mm-hmm. we, I know we've done a show about that where you talk about how, how do we establish the authority and responsibility of the, of the project manager specifically, but also the rest of the team. Then, of course, there's the, the, the more famous cousin, so to speak, of execution, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, of uh, initiation, which is planning, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we've done multiple shows on, on planning, Right, right. Because how important done, it is. Right, right. And we, I think we, we, we took apart the, the the notion of what is scope and all of those things. So, but now we're we're at the point after the the plan is is complete, that where the execution then begins. And there's a you know couple couple things that when I teach project management, I spend gotta be eighty percent of the time. Well, maybe it's seventy percent of the time talking about initiation and planning, and wow. then the last three that we talk about, which is executing, controlling, and monitoring, and closing, are like really short. Even though the bulk of the quote time, for those of you keeping track of time, um, it happens during execution. 
from a project management standpoint, the majority of the work and the majority of the knowledge and the majority of the value, in my opinion, happens at the first two. It happens at initiation and planning. Because if you think about it, what, what do you execute? Well, you execute the plan, right? right? Yeah. You execute the plan. <laughs> right, so if, right. so if, you, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't have a strong plan in place, there ain't nothing to execute. Is it is it fair to say, Ed, that uh, number one and two initiation and planning are kind of like a diagnostic? There, yes, to some degree, they can then certainly contain components of what you might consider a diagnostic. Uh, you know, there's not a direct parallel with with medicine, but it's close. But you know, once we get into this piece on execution, this is you know, rubber hits the road. This is with all of the cliches about you know the work work actually getting done. But it really parallels execution because, as I said, what do you execute? You execute the plan. So we're going to be following along this this plan, right? And the 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 the, the biggest thing, especially with professionals who are working, let's say, collaborating, co labor, working together with their customers on a project, and this is especially true in, in my background, which is IT-related consulting, uh, because the implementation is, is really so fully ingrained in the, in the organization itself. But, you know, it still applies to a certain de- degree, I think, Ron, to, to um, accountants and even lawyers to a certain extent, that there's involvement of the customer during this, this phase, right? Or, right? or I should say during this process group. It's not a phase, it's a process group. And that one of the challenges frequently is well is there really a culture of execution in the in the customer or client company mm. hmm. right because right. if they don't if they don't have a culture if that, if that company doesn't have a culture of execution well the 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 consultant can execute all they want stuff's not going to get done or there's still going to be things that are that 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 fall off the list or or don't get done in a timely fashion right right so perhaps the biggest challenge especially for those professionals again who are working or co-laboring co- with, with their, their their customers on this stuff is does the customer do what they're supposed to do yep yep right that that's a big issue, like in advertising, and and even extent to some extent law, because in house counsel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's for correct. sure. Yep. So one of the things that I start off with when I talk about execution is b- building a culture of execution in the project, and the for that I I'm going to reference a book that I read a long long time ago um, by Larry Bossidy and Ram Charan which mm, is mm-hmm. execution, the discipline of getting things done. Right. Because what they, what they suggest is this, this notion of a culture of execution. That, and, and one of the things that they point out, which I point, point out is, you know, a strategy is, or ex- execution is a strategy, right? Actually mm-hmm. doing stuff is a strategy, <laughs> right? And so how does one go about building a culture, culture of execution, especially when the customer company doesn't have one? And the answer is, is to try to view the project or the engagement or matter, whatever it is that you call it, as its own entity. Right. Right. And say, okay, while in your little corner of the world, Mr. Company, uh, company A, stuff doesn't get done, when you're a member of this project team, you do. You do. Right, right. Yep. <laughs> right. So the the key is is to make sure that you you try to challenge 
the 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 team the the the, the people especially the, the 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 customers team to lift themselves up to your level rather than you as a professional lowering yourself to the level of the customer mm-hmm. right and 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 uh, the language is probably really harsh here. I don't you know you know lowering yourself to there, but but let's face it. In some some companies, just do not have a culture of getting things done. Sure, right? sure. And the mistake I think a professional makes is just saying, well, you know, hey, if they they, they don't have a culture of getting things done, there's really not much I can do. I th- I think that as a consultant, this is where that that great word that I learned from Nicholas Nassim Taleb comes in, sprezzatura, right? Mm-hmm. Comes right. in. That, and and what Tim Williams, our colleague Tim Williams, would refer to as as magic work, right? Yep. I I want the customer to think, holy crap, this is like a different company when Ed's here. That's what I want, right? And right. we actually we actually get crap done. That that's amazing, right. Ed, because you you say you spend seventy percent of your time when you teach this on initiation and planning, and I just want to point out to the listeners. <laughs> Ed does five days on this. <laughs> so does that mean you're doing like three and a half days on, on initiation and planning? Well, let me say, I'll say I'm, I'm reining it in a little bit. The, the, the project management portion of my five-day class is two days. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm kind of limiting it to the, of the two days that, we, that I talk about project management. Because the other stuff is talking about consulting theory and practice theory, and value sure. and all kinds of other stuff like that, right? So... So yeah, so the, of the the two days that are devoted to project management, yeah, it's definitely seventy percent is 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 devoted to the notion of understanding initiation and planning. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. But well, there, but there's one other thing that I want to mention before we, we get into you know some of the tools that will will you'll you'll use for this, um, and and that is something that Ron, you and I have both learned from Rory Sutherland. Hmm. And that is the idea of chunking. Chunking. Right? Yeah. And, um, you know, you know the, the famous example, Ron, is the pills, right? Yep. So it, why don't you describe that for everyone? I want to hear your, your take on that, the way you describe that, the, you know, the antibiotic pills. Right. Uh, major pharmaceutical went to Ogilvy and Rory's group, and they said, you know, nobody, you know, people take a few of the antibiotics, maybe, you know, half a week, a week, start to feel better, and then they don't take the rest of them, which is a big problem because then the strain, the virus comes better, not the virus, but the bacteria comes back even worse, right? So um, they asked Ogilvy, how can we educate our patients to finish their regimen of antibiotics? And Rather than doing public service announcements and, you know, ads and magazines and on the radio, Ray said, well, there's 20 pills that you have to take, make the first 16 white and make the, the last four blue and tell people to take the white ones first and finish with the blue ones. And that's the process of chunking and, and people are more likely to do it. And, it. and I forget the numbers, but it tripled the compliance rate or something. It was pretty dramatic. Yes. Yeah. Really huge. Right. And the, and the learning from that is to use that when giving assignments out to people. Right. Right. Um, so especially, you know, in this role of outside project manager and you're asking somebody inside the organization that does not directly report to you, doesn't get their paycheck from you. <laughs> right. Right. To, to, you know, to do something that you can perhaps use this technique of chunking. And what that means is break it down, even if it sounds artificial and weird, into two steps. 
right? So do this, then that. And what people who have put this into practice have found that the that the, the the compliance rate, just like it does with the antibiotics, goes up significantly. It's not perfect. There's still tasks that don't get done, right? It's not a what's a not, not a magic pill. It's not a panacea. It's not it's not the cure all, but it does significantly increase the probability that the assignment that you delegate will go up. By the way, it works with kids too. I tested it. Sure, and I think tech support uses this, right? Uh-huh. Turn turn off your computer and wait. Ten, you know, they're really breaking it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's some even reasons for some of those things from a tech tech support standpoint. Like the you know that wait ten seconds stuff is 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 actually to let the the uh, the circuits and the and the uh, capacitors, I believe, fully discharge. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's actually a reason for that, but but it still increases the probability of people completing tasks when you get, when you break it down and give it a, and get man, chunk it, chunk it down. Right. Right. Well, Ed, this is great. I can't wait to dive into some of your tools on this. I know it's going to be really valuable for our listeners and folks. I'd like to remind you, you can contact Ed or myself at ask TSOE at barrisage.com. Thank you to everybody who's written us. Uh, we get lots of feedback from you. We just absolutely love it. Love some of the articles and videos that you send. It's just really great. We try and answer every single one of them. And check out the full show notes at thesoulofenterprise.com. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Leading Results. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. If Google can't find you, do you exist at all? At Leading Results, we want to help you get found locally, both in search engines and directories. We want to help you have an outstanding reputation online. And we want to help you get those blogs written and interact on social media. Simply put, Leading Results helps customers find you. By working with our team, your practice grows and your profitability improves. Focus on what you do best and delight clients. Leave the marketing and lead generation to us. To learn more, go to leadingresults.com slash packages. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're doing project management execution, which means Ed's doing project management execution. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which is uh, great this well is you like know a- we do plenty of pricing topics where you where, where you just take the lead so this is it's just a little this is a little a little vacation for you a little uh, pto yeah no i love it because i just find this whole topic fascinating and and uh i know you want to talk about how important course corrections are so let's let's yeah, dive yeah. back in 
and and this is actually part of those that so that there's inputs into in, into this process group called execution and uh, uh, you know quickly I'll, I'll take you through it but there's only one I want to focus on one of the inputs is the customer's organizational policy so we in other words when we're executing we have to know like when their people are taking vacation right so so there, right. there's got to be a tie in there and of course the big the biggest input is is the project plan itself right because that's the input that's the thing that we're executing on so that you know just listen to the other shows on 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 that but then the other two are are both preventative action and corrective action and you know preventative action is all of the stuff that you probably have uh, there's some quality control stuff in there some some um you know checklists th- those types of things those are quality quality documents that ensure quality gets done. Um, and if we ever do a show on monitoring and controlling, which is somewhat boring, but maybe we'll have to just to complete the cycle, right? <laughs> the full project management cycle, we'll have to do that. But the one that the other input that I want to talk about is this notion of corrective action, right? And it, 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 hey, and this is, this, is, this is where I think um, a lot of people also make some mistakes in that it, when you're, if you have, if you have a long, ongoing concern, a, bi- a business that's going on for a long period of time, you know, you, you, you're assuming that you're going to continue in business from year to year to year to year. Well, you have those things called the annual performance review, right? You only have to talk to people <laughs> once a year, right? Right. <laughs> well, let me tell you that if that that's deadly for project management, you can't right. wait until the end to take corrective action because most of the projects are usually of a sig- significantly shorter duration, right? Right. They could be four to six weeks. They could be three months. They could be six months. Maybe on the outside, they're a year, but few projects in small and medium businesses last that long, right? So the, the, the challenge is, is that you really have to make sure that you take corrective action when something is going sideways early, because you can you can lose the 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 go live date, the 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 completion date of the project very quickly. From the very beginning, from the very outset, if you let stuff slip in the first couple of weeks, and the the the, the danger is is that you get stuck in this mentality of oh well we'll make it up, mm-hmm. right? We'll be able to make it up, and that it that I'm just telling you that never happens. It's it, it's more like a spiral effect, and it spirals out of control. And the mistake is not taking corrective action, and that includes you know sometimes ca- calling some people on the carpet and say and setting the expectations. Hey, we expect you to get this stuff done. Right? right. Even if it's if even if it's customer personnel or client personnel, you've got to say, "Hey, listen, we we expect this to get done, um, and if and if it's not done, you know, we're, th- then something's going to happen, and then we'll talk about that later because that's kind of that's a possible change request there. So, but right. anyway, I just wanted to mention that corrective action, is something that's got to be taken. That's got that's an input into the process and should be should be something that's talked about. And there, I know this ver- would vary by project and size of project and type and all of that, but what kind of methods uh, do you take corrective action? I mean, do you have like weekly meetings or how do, how do you see that executed? Yeah, it should be in, in a timely fashion. Usually what I suggest is a, is a weekly status meeting, mm-hmm. right? So that, and that's part of the, this process too. And we can, we can talk through perhaps a little bit later, just what's in a status meeting. But one of the things is to look over what we're going to talk about next, Ron. And I know it's your favorite topic. It's because it's called the issues list. Right. Okay. Excellent. So, it just, in some sense, this is kind of like agile. What's agile call it when they have their their huddles or whatever? Scrums. Yeah. Scrum, um, yeah. yeah. It's 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 a little bit of a of a 
combination, but I, you know, I've, I'm documented as not being a big fan of Agile. Not because it's bad. Before we get letters on that, it's not it. Uh, I think it. I think it does work really well for software development. Um, right. or can work really well for software development. I hear a lot of people who don't do so- software development who, who use Agile, and the way they have implemented Agile is really an excuse not to plan. That's, right, <laughs> so unfortunately, right. it's been bastardized <laughs> into that. Okay, excellent. So... Anyway, so that so those, let's talk about this this major document, which you know it's it, it called the issues list or what I call the issues list. Um, it's it's undergone a series of changes in my mind over the years, Ron. Um, you, at one point, it was called the action log. I didn't like that. Mm. Then the reason why I like issues list is is uh, because I, when I under hear the word issue, um, I have a different meaning. Right, because there's like a lot of times people when they maintain an issue, issues list, they're just do it's the problems. Right, right, right. yeah. Like he's got you issues, know. right? He's got it. Yeah, so many. It's a subscription. <laughs> Actually, that dude has a subscription. Um, well, exactly right. So, so, but, 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 what in project management, similar to risk, by the way, issue is a neutral term. Mm-hmm. It's intended to be, hey, listen, this is just, this is just hey, this is something we got to do. So if you want to call this a results list, that's fine too, right? If okay. that's the better terminology for you, great, right? Or results list. But the idea is it's some kind of a place where you track this stuff. Now, I have it. I'm happy to put this up as part of the, the show notes of, of, on the website, um, a, 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 an Excel file. I don't think this should live in Excel. I think this should be some kind of another pride. In fact, I, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about um, some base camp and some Kanban work. And there's, there's a lot of things that I think you will be able to get accomplished by taking some other tool and adapting this. But right. what I'd like to do, Ron, is just take you through what I see are the required things that you need to track. Sure, sure. Okay. So obviously you need to track, keep, keep track of the, whatever the issue is, right? But let me... And Ed, at the, when, yeah. when you say issue, you, you're taking an overall objective of the project or some type, like a tax return, some type of deliverable, and you're kind of breaking that down into issues. Chunking it down, and I'm chunking it down. That's exactly right. In fact, that's what I was going to say. So let's, let's, in, okay. let's quickly review the hierarchy. Like the hierarchy is, proje- is the project or matter or, well, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, engagement, right? That's the accounting term, right? So right. the, what, what is it? The engagement is this. Okay, then the next thing underneath that is the objectives. And that, that's where you would see the, our shows on, on project management, on, on um, uh, uh, planning, right? right. So Because that's where you would start to break that stuff down. And you break, so you break a project up into objectives. Well, you break objectives up into, and I'll call them issues, or if you prefer, results, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you break them up in, into, into further subcomponents, that they're discrete work units. I like to, to, to say that usually issues are something that is broken down that's usually longer than two hours worth of effort and less than two weeks worth of effort. Even, But it would be even better if you got it to like two, two hours and two days. Now here's, t- Ron, I can hear him already. He's talking about a timesheet. No. <laughs> no. No, you're no, not. No. You're talking about work. <laughs> that's right. I'm talking about work. Right? I'm talking about work and effort, 
Right. So let's go through them. And I know we've got a couple minutes to, to, to break, but we're definitely going to we'll go over into the next segment on this. Right. So just to just to just to be clear, we'll we'll work this through. There's, I don't know, a dozen or so of these. Well, the first one is obviously what are we tracking? What's the issue? Right. right. The second thing that I suggest that every issue get tracked is some kind of a priority mechanism. Right. So how what, give, give it some kind of a priority. Low, medium, high is fine. That's it. That's all you need. Low, medium, high, right? So my suggestion on that would be that it, it, once you def- define what these things are, you want about 10, about, well, 20% of them should be high priority, 60% should be medium, and 20% low. You want a bell curve, in other words, mm-hmm. right? You don't want everything to be a high priority issue, nor do you want everything to be a low priority issue. And the, and the reason is, and this gets back to our show that we did on, on systems thinking, is you want to work where the light is. Mm-hmm. Remember the, the, mm-hmm. the story of the you know the drunk and the keys, right? Yeah. Go yeah. back and listen to that show if you want that story. But the but this is you got to work where the you got to work where the light is, right? You got to you got to you got to get, get this stuff done, right? And not so everything can be a high priority. It, that, that, right. Not yeah, that, exactly. It's not realistic. Exactly. So you want to make sure that that's tracked. Um, you want to break it down into a, you want to have some kind of a tracking. Like some people will say, well, what process is this? What what um, category does this belong to? So you can have these these discrete different categories. This is like I'll, I'll make this re- these recommended fields, right? Mm-hmm. If you just want to sort them by different groups, so that's up to you, right? And then I also want to make sure that I'm tracking like the s- some some kind of commentary on it. And here's where I think some kind of a CRM system would be cool because you can keep notes about what's going on, right? Right. Now, now we're going to get to the fun stuff, Ron. This is the stuff that I know you, you, you really like this. The, the first is that we're going to track two things. One is called the responsible party. Yes. And the other is called the resource. Yep. Okay. The responsible party is the person who is responsible for making sure it is done. The resource is the person who's actually going to do it. Yep. And can they be the same person? Yes. Do they have to be? No. (laughs) All right. But we do track those two things discreetly. So, again, who is responsible for making sure that it's done, right? And then the responsible party is the person who is responsible for making sure that – is the person who actually does it, right? Right. And then – and here's where I'm going to throw in the dangerous one, Ron. (laughs) An effort estimate. Yes. Yes, it's okay <laughs> to put in an effort estimate. And, you know, I didn't have the language until I got it from you. And But I, I, the way to think about this is this is your timesheet in advance. In advance. You're, proje- you're doing what project managers do. They project capacity into the future. Correct. <laughs> Not looking backwards after it's already been, after it's been passed. That's correct. That's 100% correct. And that, it, that's a huge thing for people. Right to be concerned about this notion of okay, well, you're, you know, no, this is we, this is this is how you do, and even potentially how you do scheduling. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Then there is the three dates, and I don't know if we'll have time to go through all of these before the break, but let's let's talk about this. There's what's what's called the original estimated completion date. Yep. Right. That's the date that you origin, and that's a required field. You must put that puppy in there. Right, that drives the system. Then you have to have the current 
estimated completion date. So I'm not so crazy as to think that it will never be changed. But if it does change, you have to preserve the original. I'll talk about why after the break. And then the last one, of course, is the actual, actual. completion date. All right. <laughs> and we get back when we get back around, I'll tell you about why, why and what's, what's so important about those three dates. Okay, excellent. And in the meantime, folks, please go out to iTunes and give us a review. We love those. We'll read them live on the air. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Abacus Next. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Results CRM, the award-winning Abacus Next product, is a customer relationship management solution that will automate your business processes, streamline workflows, and deliver consistent results. Cloud-enabled to provide access to your users anytime from anywhere. Grow your business in 2018 with the number one QuickBooks CRM. To learn more about Results CRM, visit ResultsCRM.com. Clouds come in all shapes and sizes, and the Abacus Private Cloud is the perfect fit. Abacus Cloud enables all the desktop apps you know and love while providing unparalleled security to your business. Cloud functionality gives you the flexibility to work where you want, when you want, and from any device you want. Don't waste countless hours managing IT. Take back your time. Learn more at abacusnext.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're doing project management execution, and Ed is going through one of my favorite tools that he's got, his issues list, and I just... I love this ad for so many different reasons, but you were talking about having these three dates. So let's quickly review that. Right. So there's the original estimated completion date. That's the date that you, at the beginning of the project, you think that th- this this discrete issue, task, whatever you would call it, I call it issue, is going to be, should be done by on or before that date. Then the, the, uh, the current one, so a revised Right, so if you have a, if you can revise it, I'm not so naive as to think that you won't. And then, of course, you want to track the actual the actual completion date when it was done. Right? right. Now, before I get to some calculations on that, there's just one more field that I that I want to describe that you should track, and that is what's called the status. Right. So what is what is the status of this particular thing? And there are four. So open, which means that we're it's there, but we haven't started work on it. In progress, we're working on it. Closed, pretty self-explanatory. But then there's also one called deferred, and deferred is is that by mutual agreement of the customer and the consultant, 
this project can be com- considered complete without this issue being resolved. Ah. And that's extraordinarily important because especially when we get into hopefully the last thing we'll talk about is change requests. Sometimes we do want to allow for changes to be made, but they, we don't necessarily want to tie that to the project completion itself. Right. And that has to be by mutual consent. It can't just be us saying, oh, we're going to defer this issue. Right. Or the customer saying that either because sometimes they'll do something stupid. Right. So we're like, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do it that way. Gotcha. Right. But that's that's the important importance of that deferred um, that that deferred state, right? Is to make sure that you you have that in as one of the options. All right. But now let's talk about uh, your favorite part. I know, Ron, which is the the calculations, right? That yep. the, these these um, per, it's it's percentage completion, but it's it's also beyond that. And what what I learned from you to to state this the right way is, unlike the traditional way that most firms calculate percentage completion, which is, is a thousand hour project, Ron. We've built <laughs> 900 hours. <laughs> We've only got 10% percent left. Done. Yeah, yeah, right. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Keep dreaming. <laughs> Keep dreaming. <laughs> but, you know, here's the weird part is like even worse, it could be the other way. You could be done and now you've only built 900 hours. Well, yeah, that too, for sure. Right? For sure, yeah. You know, so crazy. So either way, you're messed up. But so so it's, all I'm suggesting it is that these two two metrics that I'm about to talk to you are better than using that. It's yes. just better. It's yes. Not perfect. It's just better, right? So the first one is the percent of issues complete. Now this is a pretty easy calculation. So if you have all, so let's say you have a hundred issue project, right, and ninety of them are done, right? We've completed ninety of them. Well, ninety over hundred. So this this project is ninety percent complete. Right. Okay. Pretty straightforward, right? Now, and so th- so that's our current concurrent measure on, as uh, the economists would put it, right? That's that's yeah. concurrent. That's with the times. Assume, assuming that the, that you are updating your 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 spreadsheet or system appropriately, when I'm marking stuff as done, then it's ninety percent complete. But then the other one, I believe, is truly a predictive indicator, and in which I which is I know why you like it. Right, because what this one says, this is what's called uh, the the OOB index. This says, all right, of the ninety that are complete, remember we have a one hundred issue project, and I'm saying ninety of them are complete. Of the ninety that are complete, how many of them were completed on or before? There's the OOB on or before the original estimated estimation date. date. Right. Right. The original estimated completion date, which is that's why we're tracking both of them. That's now that's why we're not just updating that field and say, oh, you know, new completion date is this. No, we want to preserve the original. Because now imagine if we have 45 of the 90 complete that were completed on or before the original estimated completion date. I would look at that and say, oh, 45 over 90. This project has a 50% chance of being completed on time. Time. That's brilliant. And and what's brilliant about it, Ed, and when I first saw you do it, it just struck me like a brick that timesheets don't account for the client resources. Nope. So it's not project management at all if you're not including what the client's dedicating to the project resource-wise. But then this predictive indicator, I, it, this is so much more accurate than looking at 
time logged on a timesheet that has nothing to do with the work itself. Yep. Yep. And that, that's the biggest problem is especially if there's any kind of customer engagement in this, nobody tracks it. Nobody makes their customers fill out a timesheet. Yeah. Right. So nobody tracks any of that stuff. So when they when you have these these issues out here, which some of them, by the way, may be assigned to the customer. Right. In that in that resource and or even responsible party. Right. Right. So yep. you can go back and look at it from that perspective, too, to see, OK, well, if the of, of the 45 that weren't completed on time. Oh, look at that. Forty of them were assigned to the customer. Hmm. <laughs> Whose problem was it? Right. And so like you said, I'm not here to play the blame game either, but. Right, right. And, and like you said, if you had this in a robust system, uh, project management leader, or whatever executive would be able to go in, see everybody's estimated capacity. So you'd be able to know if you could assign them additional work or maybe shift them onto another project that, you know, is an emergency or whatever. But you'd yep. also see an ongoing and real time status of the project and where it is and, you know, what the odds are of completing it on time and that's just so much more robust than mm-hmm. looking at everything backwards with a timesheet. Yep. And one more thing on this, Ron, and this is what I what I, I really like about this too, is that it's predictive and it's predictive early. Yes. Here's what I mean, right? So let's cycle back. I was using the example of a of a hundred issue project which ninety was percent was complete. Let's reverse it. Let's say here's a project, only ten percent is complete. The you know, first ten. 10 of the 100 issues are now complete. Well, 9 of the 10 were completed on or before the original estimated completion date, in which case now I'm saying that you have a 90% chance of completing this project on time. Time. And I'm already saying that when we're only 10% of the way through the project. Conversely, what if 2 out of the 10 were complete? Well, now Mm -hmm. I'm saying even early in the project, hey, we've only got a 20% chance of this (laughs) being completed on time based on what we've already accomplished so far. And then that leads back into that conversation I was having earlier about why corrective action early on is crucial. Something has gone off the rails. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Right. And just looping this last thing back in, Ron, what we want to do then from a status meeting, you know, and again, the, my, well, you know, default value here is weekly, but, you know, sometimes every two weeks is appropriate, sometimes more frequently, right? But one of the, the, the first item on, on your status meeting agenda is to review this issues list. And let's look at what was supposed to be done. What was, did it get done? Who was assigned to it? If it was, if it was stuff that was assigned all to the customer and it's not completed at this point, we can now potentially talk about a change request. Do you want us to do it? Okay, great. If so, there's going to be a change to the price, et cetera. Right. Um, And then of course, if everything's going swimmingly, you also look and say, Oh, okay, but what's coming up this week? How are we doing? From a forecast standpoint, is the stuff that's on the on the completion list for this week, is that looking like that's going to be okay? If not, do we have to dedicate more resources and why? Right. right. So, yeah. it, we, you know, this is the thing. I think it's funny. You know, of course, my dad would roll over in his grave if he heard me say this. But I hear so many people say, well, we don't. The reason why we don't have status meetings because we got nothing to status about, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and when I hear that. I think, well, that means you just don't have a good plan, A, because if you had a good plan, you would have something to talk about. 
And B, you're not you're not you're not really tracking this properly because if all you're looking at is timesheets and timesheet data and we build a hundred hours out of the one thousand, well yeah, you got nothing to status about. Right. Right. It, it's just how we organize work. That's what this is looking at, which is what's important. Yep. Yep. As our friend um, Jody Thompson would say, right? Manage the work, not the people. Not the people. And what this does is this manages the work. Another real quick, just real quick side note, Ed, you, you talk about sometimes how project management can be used in the pricing, say, of options. Like, you know, there's one price if we do the project management and there's one price if you guys do it. Mm-hmm. And and that that's really quite innovative. But wouldn't we always want to be control of, in control of the project management? I can just hear a professional <laughs> firm saying yeah. that, you know. What? We got to run around. Yeah. Um, and the answer is, it goes back to, to uh, this is a software thing, my default value, right? Mm-hmm. My default value working, engaging with the customer is that they were going to manage the project. And the reason is, because it's their project. It's their project, sure. It's their project. It's not their your project. Financial it's, statements. it's their freaking yeah. company, right? It's yep. their stuff, yeah. right? So, so my default value was, okay, you're going to manage this project. And, and they would even, some times they would even say that, yeah, we want to manage this project. I'm like, great. So then I would start to ask questions. Where's your scope document? Where's your, where's your issues list? And they're like, what? <laughs> I said, well, if you're going to manage the project, you need a plan. Well, right. we thought you guys would do that. And they're like, well, no, 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 no. If you're managing the project, what do you think a project manager does? Nice. <laughs> right? A project manager uh, writes we- a plan and keeps track of the issues. That's what you So uh, who's going to manage the project? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we better have you guys do it. I yeah, can just, right, yeah, exactly. Yep. 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 And then, so, so the, again, my default value was it's theirs. Then when they gave it to me, I, what I never got, what I never got, like, why do we have to pay for project management? <laughs> <laughs> and how did you respond to that? Well, I did. I didn't. I never got it because my default value was you don't have to pay for it. You you can do it. Oh, right, right. Okay, okay, yeah. Right? So, and then when you explain what's actually entailed in it, they're like, we don't want to do this crap. I do it. Right. Yep. Right? Well, so, do you agree that somebody's got to do it? And they're like, yeah. Do you want us to do it? Yeah. Okay, well, then we're doing the project management. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like a DIY option. Uh, well, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. I think it's a real creative uh, use of, of offering choices mm-hmm. with and without project management. Yep. No, it's, it's, it's some fun stuff. Yeah. That's, I mean, and again, I'll put the spreadsheet up there again. I don't expect that people would do it in a spreadsheet. You're probably better off not doing it in a spreadsheet, but you know, I got, right, I got it's one. Easy, it's easy it. to understand when you look at that spreadsheet folks, what exactly he's talking about. And, and I just love that, that whole predictive indicator. I just think that's so good. Combine that with a predictive market, Ed, and you got some real, you got oh some real God. dynamic uh, predictive ability there. But um, I, this is just flying by. I knew it would. Um, folks, I'd like to remind you, contact us. at Send us an email, asktsoe at verisage.com. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Sage. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. There is no blueprint for running the perfect firm. No way to know the challenges you'll face. But your journey does not have to be an odyssey. Experience what it is like for every part of your firm to be connected. Experience a practice management tool where everything is just a click away. Experience Office Tools. To learn more, visit officetools.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Solemn Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we're talking project management. Actually, I'm talking project management. Ron's asking me I'm, questions, which I'm is listening. totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> Totally why. As you did say at the beginning of the show, just wind me up here, yeah, folks. This absolutely. It's like, um, it's, but it's a, it's, it is an interesting subject. Well, so, Ron, this is one of my favorite parts of the course, teaching the course. It's just a very brief moment after I talk about all of those things, after I talk about the issues list, and then I talk about, you know, conducting a status meeting and why it's important to review the issues list and, you know, some other things on that. But primarily, it's about the issues list re- review. And then I flip the page over to this next thing. <laughs> I say, the results of execution are only two things. Either it works or it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It's pretty binary. <laughs> yep. right. So it's so, like, okay, that's, that's, so the results are, and, and the project managers, this is, you're going to love this. They have an interesting way of describing these things, right? If it works, it's called a product result, mm. right? And you're saying, "Oh, okay, so we've got the, we've got we've got the, the the thing that we wanted." If it doesn't work, it's called ready, Ron, an information result. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah, right? I mean that means that's a project manager's way of saying, "Yeah, she no worky." <laughs> right. Right. But we learned something, maybe. But we learned that's exactly right. We learned something. That's exactly right. We learned something. And now we gotta do something about it. And of course the something about it is the change request, right? But as you I were actually talking on the break, I don't think we should power through the change request, Ron. I think it's I think it's its own show. It is. It is absolutely it, it deserves its own show, just like we did the value guarantee. It's that weighty of a topic. And it's something that a lot of firms miss. So I think it's really, really critical. 
All right, so, so we'll defer that. Defer that to a whole. We're going to put that on our list, Ron, on on our on our issues list for the show. That we, so we're making a change request about a change request. Best. Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> so Ed, we got I, an I email. I approve the change request, Ron. I approve the change hey. request. We're not going to talk about change requests. Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, and folks, we are pre-recording this show, and just co- coincidentally, Ed, I got this email this morning from a practitioner who's in a firm who they're starting to talk about no timesheets. And this particular person is a big fan of the show. He's got other people in the firm, by the way, listening to the show, which is wonderful. Thank you so much, Mike. Um, and he said the one of the biggest objections to getting rid of the timesheets, this came from HR and managing partner, was, well, how will we be able to track non-chargeable time? And and it's actually an interesting question because Mm -hmm. they're saying we value, you know, whether it's uh, business development or rainmaking activities or charitable, you know, contributions, whatever. We value this this non-chargeable time and we want to track it. And my response is, well, if you had something like objectives or key results, you know, if everybody had their own goals – it would be for both work, like you're talking here with the issues list, but it could also be for, I could see an issues list where you would have, you know, quote unquote, non-chargeable, you know, non-revenue producing goals or objectives that you wanted to, to accomplish. Right. That makes yeah. sense. It does make sense. And why does it have to be measured by the hour anyway? Exactly. Because that's not a real contribution anyway. It's just an input measurement, not an output measurement. Um but then, but then Mike went on to say he wants to uh, plan to have firm engagements be managed and assessed using agile project management. And that's when he started to talk about this. Uh, what is it? The uh, the Scrum. I uh, know the the uh, Fibonacci. Uh, scale. Oh, the Fibonacci sequence. Yeah, the, yeah, the Fibonacci yeah. scale. Um, and I just wanted to get your take on that. Do you think that's got? Any validity to it? Well, let me let me quick describe for everyone who doesn't know what a, f- a Fibonacci sequence is. It's a it's a naturally occurring sequence of numbers that it occurs in all kinds of places in nature. It has to deal with fractiles usually, and it's it's uh, the sequence is one, two, three, five, eight, thirteen, twenty one. And then I can't do the math anymore in my head anymore. Right, right. And, but what what it is is you take you take the the two previous number to to arrive at the third number. You take the two previous numbers and add them together. Right. So one plus two is three. That one's easy. But then two plus three is five. Okay. Yeah. Five plus three is eight. Okay. Five plus eight is thirteen, etc. Right. Now, this it occurs naturally in in a lot of places like trees. In many cases, have like the one the one um, trunk, and then you'll see two major branches off that. Then there'll be three sub branches off of those two major branches, right? And then there'll be five, and then eight, and then it's it's weird. Yeah, yeah, it, for sure. The way that it works, and then I, I forget there's other stuff like pine cones. It's the same thing. Mm. Um, pine pineapples, mm. right? Um, seeds. Uh, seed configurations—it's—it's it's crazy. 
how how often this sequence appears in nature. So now that I've explained it, now I can ask you a question. I don't understand the connection between that and, and agile project management. Well, I don't either. And and I came back. It made me think about, you know, remember our colleague Tim Williams talking about that one ad agency that kind of puts project management into T-shirt sizes. Uh-huh. This is a small project or a medium or large, extra large. And that's how I was thinking. If you wanted a metaphor to think about, you know, evaluating job. I mean, I could see, you know, being able to look at somebody's work history and saying, well, Ed's only worked on small T-shirts. His six months that he's been here, let's put him on a medium or a large, you know, let's right. kind of, you know, stretch him a little bit. I, I could see that. And to me, that would probably be more, I don't know, more valuable or more robust than the Fibonacci mm-hmm. scale. Well, I don't I don't understand the connection. Maybe I haven't studied it enough. I didn't know that, that Scrum use or, or is, uh, I'm sorry, Agile I uses know. that for something. So, and I don't know if it does either. It might have been something Mike just put together. But um, the other thing, Ed, is what do you think about how would you articulate separating the pricing from the project management? Because I think it's a big myth that the people who do the PM have to do the pricing or vice versa. I think these are separate roles and they're separate areas of responsibility. But just interested in your take. Yeah, I would say that the the, the, the project management folks should be in – involved in the let's call it advanced costing of the sure. project absolutely right so I guess in that way they are are involved to t- to test to make sure that our price is at least higher than our anticipated costs to serve right right or or not you know maybe you know again this is where pricing gets so funky is like sometimes no we intentionally do not want to make money on this project because we want this marquee customer so that we can go after other customers like it Right. right, that might be more profitable. I'm not saying that's the best strategy, but it could be. Um, yeah, I, no, I, project management is a completely different discipline than pricing. I think. I mean, it, it's it's <laughs> nice that I'm, I'm that I'm the exception of the Venn diagram on it. That I understand a little right. bit of both. Both, but. right? I, I just think that you know the primary responsibility. It's not that the people, especially in knowledge environments, not the people that are doing the work shouldn't be cognizant of like scope creep, change orders, you know, change requests, that type of thing. But it's not their primary responsibility. Their primary responsibility is taking care of the issues list on time and keeping the customer happy. And I don't want yes. them picking up the file and going, oh, we're already 100 hours or 50 hours over budget. And therefore, you know, I either got to do a half-assed job on this or plow through it. I just, I no, let's, if the yeah. pricers have done their job right, Let's keep the client to, happy. To extend your analogy on it, that you, you, I have heard you say, and I know we've only had a few seconds left, but the, that you know the, the airline pilots don't set the pricing of the plane, even though they're the most technical person, right? Yes. Nor nor do the air traffic controllers, right. who would be the project managers, right? Okay. The air traffic controllers don't set the price either. Right, and of course, when you say that to a leader in a professional firm, they say, "Yeah, but we're not an airline. That's a defined scope of work. It's a point A, point B," and I'm like. Really, do you know how many things can go wrong in an air in air travel? But I guess we'll just have to wait for another People show. People die, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ed, what's on store for next week? Um, next week, Ron, we are going to have an interview with Alessandra Lazama, who is the CEO, I believe, of one of our great sponsors. And that is, of course, Abacus Next. So we look forward to that. 
Oh, excellent. And I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the soul of enterprise, business, and the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. Join us next week, folks, Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, check out our full show notes at thesoulofenterprise.com. Ed will be putting up his issues list. Uh, it's in Excel, but I <laughs> highly encourage you to take a look at that. And uh, again, if you want to contact us, please send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great weekend. Thank you.